Hello and welcome to the Fringe Following. Today is August 26th, 2020, and with me I have Michelle, and my name is Ronnie. Tonight we're going to be covering the RNC. We're on the eve of day three of the Republican National Convention. So we'll be covering what has been said the first two nights, and a little bit of a comparison to the DNC. So, hi Michelle. Hey Ronnie. Yeah, there's a there's a bit of a difference between DNC and RNC, I'm thinking. I, I, at least when I saw it, it looked like a huge difference. <laughs> Big difference, night and yes. day. Yes. So one of my first observations was I did not watch the DNC religiously because as we were speaking before we started recording, um, it was very nauseating to me. Um, (laughs) But I noticed there was, and there was, I was not the only one that found this, but um, the DNC was very dark. It was very negative, um, very dark it was definitely a convention against Trump. I don't know. I didn't notice anything about what they were going to do for the American people. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was just a very strange, <laughs> a strange event. And all I kept thinking is the little clips I did watch here and there of Obama. Um, I didn't catch Hillary. I kind of was scrolling through and I saw her talking and she was wearing white. I couldn't listen. I just couldn't even go there. But all I kept thinking was, is like, look at this thing. This is like a lineup of, of basically criminals. I mean, I know they haven't been necessarily charged with anything yet, but we know the deal. And all I kept thinking was, why are they, why are they in public? But I think they're trying to save their own ass. That's just all I could think. Cause they're just trying to save their own ass because if Biden did get elected, you know, that all these charges would just disappear. Oh yeah, definitely. They, they, they would be, uh, they would be history. They would be a memory. They wouldn't even make it into the history books. Well, they might maybe, you know, 40 years from now um, when maybe the Democrats aren't so much in control, maybe. But um, yeah, it would be totally gone. And even if there were charges and they came to light, there's this little thing called a presidential pardon. <laughs> so he could, of course, yeah. pardon them, you know? So Absolutely. Not so much. There's not a guaranteed pardon with that. So, yeah, I agree. No, No, I think think Trump is very, you know, he's very angry that they spied on his campaign back in 2016. Um, Mm -hmm. He talks about it all the time. So I I think that uh, if Trump gets in, we're going to see some, we're going to see some uh, dust kick up even more than we are now. But um, some notable things that I did pay attention to um, Uh with the RNC recently was Nicholas Sandman uh, definitely stuck out to me. He's the young man that went to DC last year. Um, And what I'll do is I'm going to play a clip of, of his speech because it's only about five minutes and this will give you a little bit of a, um, well, this will give you a background of, of what that was and, um, and, and the, the, the talk he gave. So I'm trying to. Oh, sure. And this was on, was this on the second night? Yeah. The second. I believe that was last night. night. Yeah. Yeah, The 25th. Right. Exactly. So. All right. 
It began as a class trip to join thousands for the annual March for Life. These Catholic young men traveled from Kentucky to stand up for what they believed in. But what happened was something very different. Crackers would make America great handle. You little dirty crackers, your day coming. Young Klansmen. Look at make America great again. Social media, the news, and even celebrities launched a campaign of persecution that was completely false against a boy in a Make America Great Again hat. The MAGA hat carries a certain connotation that provokes a conditioned reaction. I blame that kid. What a little crap. Everyone that sees that smug look wants to punch that kid. Nicholas Sandman received death threats and his school was forced to close. Tonight, Nicholas tells his story. Good evening, everyone. My name is Nick Sandman, and I'm the teenager who was defamed by the media after an encounter with a group of protesters on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial last year. Before I begin, I'd like to thank President Trump for the opportunity to share some of my story and why it matters so much to this November's election. In 2019, I attended the March for Life in Washington, D.C., where I demonstrated in defense of the unborn. Later that day, I bought a Make America Great Again hat because our president, Donald Trump, has distinguished himself as one of the most pro-life presidents in the history of our country, and I wanted to express my support for him too. Looking back now, how could I possibly imagine that the simple act of putting on that red hat would unleash hate from the left and make myself the target of network and cable news networks nationwide? Being from Kentucky, the birthplace of Abraham Lincoln, my classmates and I visited the Lincoln Memorial. I found myself face to face with Nathan Phillips and other professional protesters looking to turn me into the latest poster child showing why Trump is bad. While the media portrayed me as an aggressor with a relentless smirk on my face, in reality, the video confirms I was standing with my hands behind my back and an awkward smile on my face that had two thoughts. One, don't do anything that might further agitate the man banging a drum in my face. And two, I was trying to follow a family friend's advice, never to do anything to embarrass your family, your school, or your community. Before I knew what was happening, it was over. One of Mr. Phillips' fellow agitators yelled out, We got him. It's all right here on video. And we won, Grandpa. What I thought was a strange encounter quickly developed into a major news story, complete with video footage. My life changed forever in that one moment. The full war machine of the mainstream media revved up into attack mode. They did so without researching the full video of the incident without ever investigating Mr. Phillips' motives, or without ever asking me for my side of the story. And do you know why? Because the truth was not important. Advancing their anti-Christian, anti-conservative, anti-Donald Trump narrative was all that mattered. And if advancing their narrative ruined the reputation and future of a teenager from Covington, Kentucky, well, so be it. That would teach him not to wear a mega hat. I learned what was happening to me had a name. It was called being canceled, as in annulled, as in revoked, as in made void. 
Canceled is what's happening to people around this country who refuse to be silenced by the far left. Many are being fired, humiliated, or even threatened. And often, the media is a willing participant. But I would not be canceled. I fought back hard to expose the media for what they did to me, and I won a personal victory. While much more must be done, I look forward to the day that the media returns to providing balanced, responsible, and accountable news coverage. I know President Trump hopes for that, too. And I know you'll agree with me when we say that no one in this country has been a victim of unfair media coverage more than President Donald Trump. In November, I believe this country must unite around a president who calls the media out and refuses to allow them to create a narrative instead of reporting the facts. I believe we must join a president who will challenge the media to return to objective journalism. And together, I believe we must all embrace our First Amendment rights and not hide in fear of the media or from the tech companies or from the outrage mob either. This is worth fighting for. This is worth voting for. And this is what Donald Trump stands for. Thank you all for listening to me tonight. And one more thing. Let's make America great again. Now, you don't see it, but hold on. Now, you don't see it, but at the end, he puts that that MAGA cap back on. Uh And... I found his speech very inspiring. That boy went through hell and he took some, uh, I don't know which news um, uh, stations or or media he took to court, but he won. And that boy is rich now. So good Good for him. He he sued several news organizations and he settled some of those suits and won against CBS News is still pending. So yeah, yeah, he's had some still pending. And um, wow, I love that speech. I love everything he said in that speech. And it really circles back to the purpose for our our podcast. Um, You know, they didn't ask his side. The truth wasn't important. And this is what I've seen again and again and again, whether it's getting to the bottom of the George Floyd incident or the recent incident that just happened with um, Jacob. uh, Jacob Blake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jacob Blake. And um, they didn't even, you know, look to the other side. They didn't even ask him. They didn't even come to him to ask him his side of the story. And the fact that he was just canceled without him even being able to tell his side. And that's why we are here. We are looking at the other sides that the press and the media don't look at. They don't explore. They don't even go there. And why? Because it doesn't further their side of the story. It doesn't further their agenda. And, you know, he asks, and he's, it's Nicholas Sandman has said previously that um, Americans must join with a president who will challenge the media to return to objective journalism. There is no objective journalism. Well, yeah. And look how evil, evil. Bill Maher, I can't stand that bastard. I can't stand Bill Maher. Um, Yeah. So he was calling him a little prick that I think he said in that little clip there that uh, I'd like to punch that prick in the face or a little prick or something like that. And then you got Don Lemon and, you know. Yeah. One of them was Bill Maher. Yeah. And Bill Maher is the most trashy, 
uh, person on television, in my opinion. But yeah, I um, how could you do that to a kid? He, he's a kid. He's still a kid, mm-hmm. you know, and he has more strength and courage than any of those, um, you know, Bill Maher, Don Lemon, and all of those people combined. He has more courage. Yeah. Um, I, I just couldn't believe it. I, I could not, I couldn't believe it. But yeah, no, that, that speech was very powerful. I felt that was one of the most powerful speeches I'd seen in the whole, <laughs> whole RNC so far. But there were some other good ones too. Um, Cuban-American Maximo Alvarez um, came up. Now, I was going to play his, but, you know, um, he, had, he does have a thick accent, he, so I don't think it would translate very well. I, yeah. So I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I'm just gonna, I could kind of, you know, understand him, but I think once I record it, it would be a little tough, but, um, right. here, here he says, uh, well, I'll read this article. Cuban American businessman warns at RNC. I hear echoes of Castro in Chicago, Portland. Uh, here it says Cuban American businessman, Maximo Alvarez, who came to us alone as a child under operation Peter Pan warned the audience at the Republican National Convention Monday that the promises and mob violence characterizing the modern left remind him of the nation he fled. I'm speaking to you today because I've seen people like this before. I've seen movements like this before. I've seen ideas like this before. And I'm here to tell you, we cannot let them take over our country, Alvarez asserted, referring both to Democrat Party presidential nominee Joe Biden and to the socialist faction of the party that largely supported rival Senator Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. The businessman founder of Sunshine Gasoline Distributors, Distributors in Florida specifically cited the defund the police movement and calls for universal health care and other socialist policies as echoes of the vows Fidel Castro made before seizing power in Cuba. Those false promises spread the wealth, defund the police, trust a socialist state more than your family and your community. They don't sound radical to my ears. They sound familiar, he continued. When Fidel Castro was asked if he was a communist, he said he was a Roman Catholic. He knew he had to hide the truth, but the country I was born in is gone, totally destroyed. When I watch the news in Seattle and Chicago and Portland, when I see history being rewritten, when I hear the promises, I hear echoes of a former life I never wanted to hear again. I see shadows I thought I had outrun, Alvarez continued. I heard the promises of Fidel Castro, and I can never forget all those who grew up around me, who looked like me, who suffered and starved and died because they believed those empty promises. They swallowed the communist poison pill. Alvarez was one over was one of over fourteen thousand whose parents sent them sent them to America alone under Operation Peter Pan, in which America agreed to take the children in cases where the communist regime would not allow families to escape together. While many families later reunited after sending their children to freedom first, thousands of other children never saw their parents again. I know all about the past. I'll never forget my own. My family has fled totalitarianism and communism, and more than once, first my dad from Spain, then from Cuba, Alvarez relayed. But my family is done running away. By the grace of God, I have lived the American dream, the greatest blessing I've ever had. My dad, who only had a sixth grade education, told me, don't lose this place. You'll never be as lucky as me. 
I'm speaking to you today because my family is done abandoning what we rightfully earned. There's no place to hide, he insisted. The businessman then praised President Donald Trump for his work in combating leftist ideals. I'm speaking to you today because President Trump may not always be politically correct. Our president is just another family man, Alvarez warned. President Trump is fighting the forces of anarchy and communism, and I know he will continue to do just that. And what about his opponent? I have no doubt they will hand the country over to those dangerous forces. I choose President Trump because I choose America. I choose freedom. Yeah, on Breitbart, right. And if you watch the video, you can uh-huh. see on a couple of occasion on a, on a couple of occasions he almost comes to tears. Um, uh-huh. This is how hard this is how hard it has hit him to witness this. And not only that, I've seen um, some people from Venezuela who are saying this is reminding me. This is reminding me of the beginning of the downfall of uh, Venezuela as well. So we are at a precipice here. Yeah. Um, November 3rd can't come soon enough, in my opinion. No, no, I agree. And just just for clarity, this was this was at the RNC, this speech? Yes, okay. that's right. Was it night one or night two? Do you know? I believe night one. Was It, it started on Monday, right? On the 24th? Yeah, it totally did. Yeah, right. I'm just looking because I'm not finding it in my recap that I'm looking at. Not saying you're wrong, but sometimes... The recaps I'm looking at are CBS recaps. They might have conveniently left that out. <laughs> uh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm only looking there because I they they out of all of them gave a good like, you know, blow by blow of each night, you know. So yeah. um yeah, New York Times was hideous. Theirs was just, you know, totally making fun of like every word that came out of everyone's mouth. So I, I couldn't use New well, York Times, you know. That's what I was gonna say because, you know, after each night I've been looking on the comments, you know, on Twitter, what's going on, what people are saying. Uh, of course, people on the right are feeling very invigorated uh, by the RNC. You can tell they're very proud of the message, very proud. But what's being retweeted, uh, for example, is, well, uh, when Melania Trump gave her speech last night, mm-hmm. you know. So here you had Bette Midler tweeted out, oh, God. She still can't speak English. <laughs> now, if that's the most xenophobic, that's the most xenophobic comment I've heard in a while, you know, because these, the left, I thought they were supposed to be about diversity and, you know, immigration and, and this. And here she is being such a, I'm just going to say it, she's being a bitch. Yes. Yes, she is you know. being a bitch. I agree with you. Uh, and then Kathy Griffin t- called her, called Melania Trump a bitch, you know. And it's like, wow, can we be any more salty and bitter, you know? And if any of those things had been said about Michelle Obama last week when she was at the DNC giving a speech, what what would have happened? You know, every single person <laughs> would have canceled that, you know? I mean, right. Yeah. And then uh, Donald Trump Jr. gave his speech. I believe it was the first night as well. Yeah. And after that, do you know what was trending on Twitter? No. Oh, his eyes. Yes. Cocaine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That he Cocaine. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, 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 I mean, I don't know, but I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. I, I have I don't, a feeling he might not have been sleeping, which would 
make sense if, you know, he's helping his dad campaign. And, you know, his dad, Trump's voice sounds horrible a lot of the time. And, you know, that's probably because he's using it like 24-7, you know, whenever you hear oh, yeah. him speech, it's all. And not only that, I don't think Donald, I mean, as far as I, I have read, Donald Trump sleeps on average three to five hours a night. The man doesn't sleep. And he's always been like this from what I heard. I believe so. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just goes, goes, goes and goes, goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I could see his son being the same way. I could see his son probably working really hard to help with this convention and all the moving parts. And I could see that it, he had red eyes that maybe he hasn't slept people, not necessarily, or maybe he did take a, you know, red bull before going on or something. You know? I mean, <laughs> Didn't they photograph him? Uh, they were, wasn't he, um, holding some Red Bulls. I thought I saw a photo floating of him around right before that speech. And he was wearing a jacket. It was with the American flag. It was red, white, and blue uh, American flag jacket. And I thought I saw him carrying two Red Bulls. I could be wrong. But uh, I, I did take note of that. I thought that's what it was. So it makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then and then today I just watched Melania Trump's speech. And that was pretty inspiring as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she told her story of how she immigrated to um, America because she was so inspired to be an American citizen. And it took her 10 years, you know, to become a citizen. And she did it the right way. She did it legally. Um, yeah, so she had a very, very inspiring uh, speech, I thought. Yes, um, I heard you. And I know that people were making fun of her outfit. What, what did you hear? Yeah, they called her, they said that it looked like Hitler. And they also said that um, it's called di- <laughs> dictator chic. And um, apparently there was a lot of uproar over her outfit. And I'm I just like, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm looking at her outfit right now. It's it is military chic. I, I don't I don't see how it really resembles Hitler, but I mean she probably could have been wearing anything and it would still Oh, it doesn't matter with these people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. We're dealing with the most bitter, hateful, salty group of people I've ever seen in my life. And honestly, a lot of them making those comments, um, well, I mean in the top tier anyway, they're just trying to save their own ass. They are just trying to save themselves. Um, I don't think it's going to be going very well for them in their favor. Um, But, you know, Melania Trump, I mean, she speaks five languages, you know, you're dealing with a very highly intelligent, beautiful, elegant woman. Um, And I just, you know, I think people on the left are just bitter and jealous and all kinds of things. Oh, I agree. I agree. mm -hmm. And yeah, they're just... I mean, okay, yeah, this is what we do when we are in opposition to one another and running against one another, and we're going to start bagging on one another. But, you know, it's always when it's so one-sided. There wasn't a lot said last week about anybody. And, you know, even at the DNC, and I'd forgot to mention this in my recap in the last podcast, but uh, one of the people that spoke at the DNC was converted. Are you kidding me? No, I didn't hear that. Yeah, let me see. Let me find it here. DNC puts convicted murderer on virtual convention stage in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Going to get some more info here. Donna Hilton was known as inmate 86G0206 for 27 years at the Bedford Hills Correctional Facility, was given the platform at the Milwaukee convention, um, despite the fact that she is a convicted murderer. Murderer. 
She was asked to participate in a video reading of the preamble to the Constitution by people whom the Democratic Party called America's most impactful community leaders. So this impactful community leader is a former prostitute who took part in the drugging, rape, torture, and murder of a 62-year-old gay New York businessman named Thomas Vigliarolo, sorry if I'm getting that name wrong, in Harlem when she was just 19 years old. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my Lord. Right. But does that get any press time? I I have not seen that in um, any of the mainstream media. I've seen it like in the police, this is from the police tribune, but I've seen it in several other sources and I think I'm telling you, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I, the, the Q posts I always refer to, which have you noticed that QAnon has been under attack? Well, I did a whole, yeah, I did recently do a whole podcast on that. Yes. Very much so about the yeah. New York, the New York uh, times attacked them. USA Today is attacked them. Yeah. They're totally under attack. Yeah. Really that they're being and that attacked. should start alerting everyone as to why. Right. Why is this happening? And they're trying to make them a domestic terrorist group. Um, well, as far as the media is concerned, mm-hmm. um, trying to say that uh, the QAnon is violent. And, uh, you know, the more that I read these drops, and you know me, I've been, there's a few of the drops that I've been on the fence about in the past. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm seeing things unfold more and more and more, I begin to wonder that if indeed, all of the posts that are posted are true because just today uh, there was a drop Q, a Q drop, um, and somebody had tweeted out watching the DNC last night, which was last week. Mm. I noticed their logo. Now, where have I seen that uneven star before oh, hiding yeah. in plain sight? I saw yeah. That. If you look at the logo with the star and the one of the uh, whatever you call it, I would say where the uh, is that a goat's head baphomet or something like that? Um, right, right, yeah. They think that's really reminiscent of that 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 satanic star. And I looked at that and I said, "Huh, I get yeah they, that <laughs> that does look a little uh, weird to me." Um, and what he had said or what they had said today was, "One party discusses God. One party discusses darkness." One party promotes God. One party eliminates God. Symbolism will be their downfall. The great deceivers. When was the last time you witnessed a D-party leader being patriotic, exhibiting national pride, love of country? When was the last time you witnessed a D-party leader speak out against the riots, violence in the streets? When was the last time you witnessed a D-party leader support those who took an oath to protect and defend? When was the last time you witnessed a D-party leader support and call for unity across across our nation? All assets deployed, information warfare, infiltration, destruction of America. Have faith in have faith in humanity. Have faith in yourself. United we stand. God wins. Q. Um, wow. And as you start, when you just know, when you just brought up that whole. Uh, speaker who was convicted of were, were they convicted of murder? Uh, yeah, they were convicted of. Right. They weren't the only one. There was a group that did this, but yes, they were convicted and served twenty seven years for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, when you start threading all of this together, you start getting the bigger picture. 
yes. of, of what's really going on here. And this is why they're calling it the Great Awakening. And I think every day people are becoming awakened. And those dumbasses in the media who, um, you know, you had John Oliver and, of course, my favorite, Bill Maher and oh, yeah. all these others, you know, attacking QAnon. Guess what happens? I, I looked at Google in the recent uh you know, keyword searches and the spike went up for QAnon. Now everybody's going to look into it and say, what is this? You know, and if they're looking in the right place, they're going to know what it truly is, what this movement really is about. Now, if they're reading, you know, MSNBC or CNN, of course, they're going to get a very uh, much darker story. Mm-hmm. So of what QAnon is all about. Um, yep. So yeah, definitely. I uh, definitely. Yeah. And, um, about that, uh, about the Democratic National Convention logo or their star, I'm going to like go ahead and post that on our Facebook page, which is, you can find at facebook.com um, backslash fringe following so that you can see what we're talking about here. Now, we're not saying this is definitely what they did, but if you look at the satanic symbol and then look at the star, it's, it's in plain sight. And I think that's what's disturbing at all is like, do they really think that we're this stupid or, you know, this is just, you know, yeah. I mean, whoever approved this, you know, I mean, it is reminiscent of that. And, um, right. It's very, yeah, it's reminiscent. Now, whether that was, uh, you know, real or imagined, it's hard to say, but I don't know. To me, it looks pretty weird. Um, now, also recently, I wanted to. Uh, did you hear about Hillary Clinton and how he, uh, she, um, told Biden not to concede after the when the election after the election, if Trump gets reelected? No. Where Where was that? Was that in the DNC or was that somewhere else? I don't know where it was said. Um, let's see when when this when this story came out. Mm-hmm. It's just something I caught onto. And uh, Representative Sh- uh, Crenshaw out of Texas, uh, Hillary Clinton telling Biden not to concede is eerie. So it says, Crenshaw says, Democrats are billing a tale that if Trump gets reelected, it will be illegitimate. Oh. So it says here, the fact that Hillary Clinton urged Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden, candidate Joe Biden, to not concede defeat on the night of the November 3rd election, no matter the circumstances, is eerie, Representative Dan Crenshaw, Republican of Texas, said on Wednesday. Crenshaw, who will be addressing the RNC on Wednesday night, so he'll be on tonight, also told Fox and Friends that Clinton's warning to the former vice president further proves that Democrats are building the narrative that if President Trump gets reelected in November, it will be illegitimate. Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances, Clinton said in an interview on Showtime's The Circus. Okay, so that's where it was, which was partly released on on Tuesday. Because I think this is going to drag out, and eventually I do believe he will win. If we don't give an inch, and if we are as focused and relentless as the other side is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clinton, the 2016 Democratic nominee, lost the presidential election four years ago to President Trump. Um, anyway, yes. So so that's what, (laughs) that's what's going on there. I mean, that bitch is trying to incite a civil war and we're already seeing it happening on the streets of Wisconsin and, and, and Portland and everywhere else. They're, they're trying to incite a civil war. Yes. 
Yes, they are. And yeah, some of my friends have come to me and they said, well, if Trump doesn't win, there will be a civil war. And I'm like, no, if Trump does win, I think there might be a civil war. I just, the way that Antifa has acted and and that isn't even over an election result yet. I can't even imagine if he wins what might happen. And I'm not trying to scare America and subsequently not vote for Trump, but I don't see the Democrats rolling over if he wins, not even if it's by a landslide. You know, I I just don't see it. And I don't see the press backing, you know, backing down. I, I, I just don't know what we are going to see, you know, in November, whatever the results and I don't know how I'm going to feel if he doesn't win. You know, well, I know I'm going to feel. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I think it's going to be a devastating blow to our country if yeah. Trump loses. And as we, uh, you know, as I read what Maximo Alvarez and what he said, um, that's scary. And we we should be as a nation absolutely terrified if Trump loses. And this is not propaganda. No. This is real. We can see what's happening with the media and the cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we can see conservative viewpoints being silenced. We can see QAnon accounts being taken down all across the board from Twitter to Facebook. Um, the media is just painting the QAnon people in, in, in a light that I, I've never seen before. Um, yep. You don't see QAnon people out there raising hell and rioting and looting and burning down businesses and beating the hell out of people. Mm-hmm. Um, Now, I did hear the militia did pay Wisconsin a visit, and um, I I am warning you, if you are listening to this podcast, do not give in to the violence, because all that's what's going to happen is the media is going to spin it and say, see, we told you so. They're dangerous. They're dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. You mean those that... What do you mean given to the violence? What do you mean by that? The, the right and the militia coming in, you know, with their guns. And I mean, they need, uh, they have to defend their property. They have to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has to be when it's at the utmost, in my opinion, at the utmost, um, you know, extreme right? When you're, when your life is threatened. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And even when that's the case, you could still get in trouble. Um, for instance, on the second night, last night of the RNC, didn't the, the couple that you must've seen that meme, Ronnie, where they were, they, their suburb was getting attacked and they, they came running out with guns. Do you remember them? They was that in St. Louis? Yes, yes, it was. Yes, trying to get that's right. Yeah. Oh, I remember that, and they they actually got into trouble for that. I I can't believe it. They you know got in trouble for that. Maybe it was the first one. Let me see if I can find it. They for waving their gun around, and I was just like floored. Okay, because it was a peaceful protest. And I, I, I'm just like that. You consider that a peaceful protest? They're burning down buildings and businesses, and they go into this neighborhood, and it's a peaceful protest. I mean, of course, these residents have the right to defend their property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> McCluskey, Pat, and 
Pat was the woman, Mike yeah. was the man, and it, last name McCluskey. And um, yes, St. Louis couple who pulled a gun on protesters. They were charged with an unlawful use of a weapon. Um, the circuit attorney said it is illegal to wave weapons in a threatening manner at those participating in nonviolent protests. And while we are fortunate the situation did not escalate into deadly force, this type of conduct, conduct is unacceptable in St. Louis. Hmm. I wonder if St. Louis is a blue city. Do you think it's a blue city? Yes, it is. I used to I used to visit St. Louis quite a bit about four years ago. I had a project there. I worked on the uh, on the um, what you call it, the Gateway Arch project there for a few years. And uh, yes, it, it definitely was. But also St. Louis, especially at the time, probably still now also is one of the most violent cities in America. Believe it or not. Wow! Wow! Well, I just found it interesting that in Kenosha, Wisconsin, on the first night of the DNC, everything starts blowing up again, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll definitely cover this more in our next podcast about Jacob, Jacob Blake. Uh, but yeah, this is um, a problem prop- cropping up everywhere right now. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So anyway, I'll be watching uh, the I'll be watching the conclusion of the RNC. I believe it's what tonight or tomorrow's the conclusion. Tomorrow? I think it's tomorrow night because Donald Trump. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the president's supposed to give a speech tomorrow. Tomorrow, mm-hmm. but yes. Yeah, so in our in a future podcast, we, we'll be um, here in a few days. We'll be talking about Jacob Blake because that story, as we speak, is still unraveling. Um, and please uh, visit us on Facebook. And um, as I said in, in the other podcast, but a bunch of stuff came up. I'll be putting up a Twitter account very, very soon. And you can follow us there. Please comment and let us know what you think of our podcast and uh, give us a rating. Thank you. Thank you.